Hello everybody, my name is Caleb Carr, and this is week three of New York Sports. New York Sports. Hello everybody, this is week three of New York Sports. Um, to start off, I'm just going to be going down the agenda. Uh, just to let you guys know, this one is going to be just a little bit more lengthy than my past couple have, just because got a lot to talk about. So to start, we're going to be talking about uh, the breakdown. We're going to be doing a breakdown of the NBA schedule, which just came out on August 12th. Be telling you guys about the Knicks and the Nets, and giving you guys season predictions for both of those teams. Uh, we're going to talk about Carmelo Anthony a little bit. He's been doing some stuff with the Nets. Also, we're going to go over to NFL. We're going to be talking about training camp and preseason week two, giving you scores and stats for all three of our teams. We'll be talking about the MLB. We're just going to do a little quick thing over the remaining schedule, give you some playoff predictions also. And then finally, we are going to end in the NHL with the Buffalo Sabres. They have some new jerseys coming out, so we'll be talking about that. All right, guys, we're going to start off. With the NBA, talking about the NBA schedules that just got released. Uh, we're going to start off with the Knicks. Um, oh, the Knicks are going to have a tough season, guys. I'm going to be frank with it. The Knicks are going to have a tough season. And my prediction for them is not that good. I don't think they'll even be a bubble team for the playoffs. Don't even think they'll be in a wild card spot. I don't think they're going to be out of it. All right? You know, there are those teams that halfway through the season, you're like, they're out. There's no way they even have a chance. Don't think that I don't think they will be completely out of the playoff race or playoff contender or whatever until the very end. But they won't. I don't think they're really going to be up there on the race, but I don't think they're going to be out of it until the end. So, you know, kind of a bubble of the bubble. All right. As I as I'm going to put it. But the main reason for that is because of an 11 game stretch starting on November 20th and ending on December 11th. That stretch starts with. In Philadelphia, they then come home for San Antonio and Brooklyn. They go to Toronto. They come home for Philadelphia and Boston. They go to Milwaukee, come home for Denver and Indiana. Then they go to Portland and Golden State. Okay, that that right there, no team wants that. Every single team that I just named was in the playoffs last year. Every single team. Although San Antonio was an eighth seed. I don't care. Although... Boston didn't make it as far as they should have. I don't care. Although Indiana didn't do as good as people thought, I don't care. They were in the playoffs. They were one of the top eight teams in their conference. All right. There's, and honestly, I think most of them will be again this year. I think they will. It's so that's a tough stretch. The only reason I don't think they're going to go eleven zero and eleven. In that stretch, the only reason I think they will at least go one and ten, possibly two and nine, is because six of those eleven games are at home, and two of those home games they have are against what I think are going to be the two easiest games of this stretch: San Antonio and Brooklyn. All right, I'm not, I am not dis- dissing them at all. I think San Antonio is going to be a great team this year, and Brooklyn I think is going to be even better. 
But I'm not going to say that they're a Philadelphia. I'm not going to say they're a Toronto, a Boston, Milwaukee, a Denver, an Indiana, a Portland, a Golden State, even. Even a Golden State, even after who they've lost. Golden State is still going to be good. That's my opinion. Bad one, I don't care. It's my opinion. But I don't think they're going to win very many games in that stretch. And even after that stretch, guys. I mean, before that, before all this happens, they play Sacramento, Detroit, Dallas, Cleveland, Chicago, Dallas, Charlotte, Cleveland. It's not bad. Am I saying that they're going to win all those games either? No, because a lot of those teams are looking strong. Cleveland, Chicago, eh, Dallas, Charlotte. Eh. I do think that Detroit is going to be good. And I do think Sacramento is going to be good this year. So those, I mean, but still, it's going to be a rough stretch for the Knicks. Don't put your bets on the Knicks this year, guys. I don't see them. I mean, rebuilding didn't go the way they wanted to. Now over to the Nets. The, uh, the Nets, the first big thing with the Nets is um, they have uh, Kyrie Irving. That's a big thing for them. Kyrie Irving, who was in Boston last year. Now, the first matchup against Boston that they have this year will be on November 27th at Boston. Two days later, Boston will be going to them. They have back-to-back games against Boston. Now, not only are those going to be two tough games, but those are going to be two two games that are going to be important. Those are my two games for the for the Nets this the Nets this year. Those are my two highlight games. All right. I mean, Kyrie going back to Boston. It's going to be. I know he wasn't there for too long, and I know he didn't really break out and be this amazing star player. But I still think that's definitely going to be an important game for them. Um, the Nets overall, I think the Nets are going to do... I think they'll once again be a playoff team. Um, there aren't really... The thing about the Nets is they'll have an easy stretch for like four or five games. And then they'll get two, three, four hard games. So I don't really see them going on many streaks this year. I don't really see them going on a long lose streak or a long win streak or anything like that. I just, I see it being very back and forth for them this year. I, I see them having a very even record for the first half of the season. And as the second half of the season goes on, I think they will climb the ladder to become a playoff team. But the one stretch that I'm most worried about starts on February 5th. And it starts uh, against Golden State, which that one, I am very excited to see that game. Um... Just like with Kyrie, D'Angelo Russell is going to be coming back. We're going to see D'Angelo Russell back in Brooklyn for the first time. All right, guys. And I just, I'm, I'm excited to see how the fans are going to react. I'm excited to watch the game. I'm excited to see how the fans are going to react. I'm excited to see how the players are going to react. Because D'Angelo was kind of, although he wasn't his breakout star, he was kind of an icon of Brooklyn. I'd like to think that when I thought, whenever I thought of Brooklyn, I thought D'Angelo Russell. I now, of course, I think of Kyrie and Durant, but that's that's now. Um, but following Golden State, they play Toronto at Toronto. They then go to Indiana, then then take Toronto home at home. Then they go to Philadelphia, and that's just those those three away games: Toronto, Philadelphia, and Indiana are all going to be tough for them. Even home against Toronto is going to be tough. 
Golden State. Golden State's a tough one for me. I really don't know what they're going to do, how they're going to be. Nobody really knows how Golden State's going to be this year. You know, I don't think they're going to be this terrible team at all. Are they going to be championship worthy? No. No. I just, we'll, we'll see how they work without all those superstars on their team. Um, all right. So that's it for the schedules. But real quick before we go over to the MLB, I do want to talk a little bit about Carmelo Anthony. I, Carmelo Anthony has been working out with the Nets. Alrighty. He, um, and honestly, I don't know what I think about that. It's, um, it's a, it's a tough, Carmelo Anthony's a tough player. He's, he's one of those really good, he's one of those guys who, you give him the chance, he will go off on you. You give him the chance, he will go nuts. That's, that's one of the pros, I feel. That's, um, my pros for him is his just ability to score, right? He can go off. It's not, but also that's in con because he's not, he's not consistent. You don't want to put him on the court every night and not know what he's going to do. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Stephen Curry, Clay Thomas. You know what they're going to do. You know they're going to go out there and they're going to put on a show. Every game, every night, no matter what the situation is, you know they're going to. Come on, you can't say the same about him. Sometimes he puts on a better show than them, but sometimes he scores two points and has like 20 turnovers. All right, so you can't really... Another another um pro I have about him joining the Nets, if he does, would be his um veteran... His veteraness. That's a word. I don't think that's a word, but uh his veteran presence. There we go. His veteran presence to the Nets. Um the Nets are still a young team. I I know they have Kyrie. They have Durant. But and they have a Jordan, but they're still they're still a young building team. They still have a lot of young players that they're building off of. Um Cons, though, there's a lot of cons. Um, if they were to pick up Carmelo Anthony, they need to get rid of somebody. With Since he's a veteran, he's going to have a veteran contract. And with that veteran contract, the Nets can't afford that right now. So the Nets would have to go pick up somebody, or I'm sorry, get rid of somebody, in order to pick him up. Who that player would be? Who knows? It's going to have to be somebody good enough to give you enough room to bring in Mello. That's where the next question rises. Is that person more consistent than Mello? Is that person better than... Is that person going to do better for your team than Mello will? Or is Carmelo Anthony going to come in and he's going to be better? It's just, He's not... I don't know. He's just one of those players that doesn't really prove himself he hasn't proved himself yet yes he's a good basketball player yes he's a known name but he hasn't proved himself in the nba yet and if he i know that if he gets signs with the Nets, that that's definitely going to be one of the things that he's going to be out there trying to do and uh i noticed that i did forget to mention something uh with the knicks my uh, my game to watch will be January 10th 
against the Pelicans at home. I cannot wait for that game. Um, I can't wait to see an R.J. Barrett-Zion Williams matchup. I know they won't be playing head-on-head, but I cannot wait to see those two players embrace on the court. And I can't wait to see maybe there's going to be some trash talk between them. If they're just going to kind of have fun or what they're going to do. But I cannot wait to find out how those two play against each other. Alright guys, now we're going to jump over to the NFL. We'll be talking about um, preseason week two. Um, Good week for all the teams. Every single New York team won this week. Uh, we're going to start off with the Buffalo Bills, though. They uh, jumped to 2-0 after defeating the Carolina Panthers 27-14. And this game really just gave uh, the NFL and every fan and player and coach and everybody just a taste of what this team is going to bring this year. And it really all started with the two-year player, Josh Allen. He was 9-for-11 with 102 yards, although he did not have a touchdown or interception. He hooked up with Cole Bleasley five times for 44 yards. That just shows what these two are going to bring. Every single time Josh Allen needed somebody, Cole Beasley was there. Um, also, Matt Barkley got a little playing time. He went 8 for 10 for 110 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tyree Jackson played a little bit. It was 4 for 10, 68 yards, an interception. Not that great. The only notable thing about Tyree Jackson, the rookie from Buffalo, is his 8 carries for 27 yards. He's a scrambler, guys, and uh, if we if we really get to that point where we need him as a backup, I don't feel comfortable with him throwing the ball. But I definitely, f- I just feel comfortable with the ball in his hands, though. If that makes sense, I don't want him throwing it, but I'm okay with him running it because he can run. Uh, rushing wise, though, uh, T.J. Yeldon and Marcus Murphy both put on a show. They uh, T.J. Yeldon had seven carries for 26 yards, and Marcus Murphy had six carries for 21 yards. Uh, T.J. Yeldon had 26 yards, pardon me. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, although he only had four carries for six yards, he did have a touchdown. Um, Looking at receiving-wise, Christian Wade, the rugby player who last week had a phenomenal 60-yard, 60-something-yard touchdown, this year had a catch. This week, sorry, had a catch on a little out route. 48 yards, two yards away from the end zone. So close, got tackled right at the end, just isn't fast enough. He broke like five tackles, though. All right, the dude's insane. Um, as I said earlier, Cole Beasley was five five receptions for 44 yards. Um, other notable ones was Isaiah Moak. He had one reception for 37 yards. And then Devin Singletary. The running back, who didn't really do too much this week, only two carries for six yards, did have three catches for 25 yards, though. Um, and another big thing that came out of the Bills was their defense. Kevin Johnson, number 36, had a pick six, all right, like 40-something yard pick six. So that was definitely, that highlighted the Bills' defense right there. Also, the fact that they only held the Panthers to 14 points with Superman Cam Newton on the field. Uh, now we're going to go over the New York Giants. The New York Giants played the Chicago Bears. They went, they bumped up to two and zero when they beat the Bears thirty-two to thirteen. Once again, all around great game for the Giants. Um, passing wise, Daniel Jones carried most of the weight. He uh, threw fourteen times, completed eleven of them for one hundred and sixty-one yards and a touchdown. 
Um, veteran Eli Manning also played a little bit. He got four throws in, completed all of them, had 42 yards, also had a touchdown. Rushing-wise, Barkley did not play um, again, but uh, John Hillman came in big. He, he had 16 carries, only 56 yards. He did have a touchdown, though, but he touched the ball a lot, and that's really they're really just trying to find that backup quarter, backup running back. That's what they're really doing for these um, the games. They're trying to get Daniel Jones comfortable, and they're trying to find their backup running back who can play behind Barkley. Because, you know, you, Barkley is a breakout player, and I have nothing against him. But if he goes down, Giants are screwed. All right, that's that. Um, Rod Smith had a good game, too, another running back. He had 10 carries for 42 yards. And Paul Perkins had 6 carries for 35 yards. So three good players that are looking to catch up and get to that backup spot for this year on receiving wise there was no really big thing tj jones had three catches for 32 yards um and that cody latimer had two catches for 60 yards that's big um damari scott had one catch for 38 yards the receiving portion is kind of Kind of tricky for the Giants. Um, they've got Sterling Shepard. Um, they've got Golden Tate. They've got good receivers, but they're they just they just lost out on Odell Beckham. And Odell Beckham just I feel like he's gonna put a hole in this Giants offense that it's gonna be really hard to replace. All right, Odell was one of those guys that you you need a big play, just go to him, throw it up in the air, he'll catch it, he'll grab it. It he was just one of those players. And I feel like now that he's gone, it's just going to leave this huge hole in this offense. Um, Defensive-wise, the Giants didn't really do all that much. I think they got one or two sacks, no interceptions, though. So nothing nothing too big. But they did hold the Chicago Bears, which were thought to be one of the best offensive last year, to 13 points. Um, Now over to the Jets. Uh, The Jets also had a good game. They lost last week, but they redeemed themselves this week against the Falcons. They uh, beat them 22-10. And uh, they they had an alright game. I mean, uh, rushing-wise, I think think their rushing-wise definitely got them to where they need to be to win this game. But Sam Darnold didn't have a bad game. He he was 5-for-7, didn't play too much. He had 46 yards, so not overly great. Um, looking to be the main backup quarterback, Luke Falk. Luke Falk and Davis Wett are the two guys that are really fighting for the spot. And Luke Falk proved himself. He went 4-4 four for four for 41 yards in a touchdown. So I really think Luke Falk is, I, I believe that he will take that backup spot over Sam Darnold. Which, I mean, you never know. I don't think last year Darnold was that consistent. Um, he's definitely looking a lot stronger this year. So we'll see how that goes. But you're going to need a backup player that can be consistent and can throw the ball. Um, just in your back pocket. Rushing-wise, Ty Montgomery went off. He was 7 for 36 yards. Um, other notable guys, um, Bile Powell, he was 5 carries for 20 yards. So not anything huge. Um, but receiving-wise is where I do find a couple. There are a couple positives receiving-wise. Robbie Anderson looking to be that top wide receiver who was Three uh, receptions for 32 yards, although he didn't get a touchdown. His good friend, DeAndre Burnett, 
was two receptions for 24 yards and a touchdown. Um, other than that, there wasn't too much out of this Jets offense. They did get a handful of sacks, though. I think about five or six sacks they got along with an interception. So their defense definitely proved uh, proved that uh, they can play, too. Their defense is, I think the Jets' defense will be strong this year. A lot of, I know a lot of fancy teams are, aren't thinking that it's going to be that good. Um, you know, you go on fancy drafts and the Jets are way down at the bottom. But I do think the Jets are going to have a good defense this year, which is going to help them because their offense is not going to be that great. Oh, and Le'Veon Bell did not play either. Le'Veon Bell did not play this week either. Um, I'm hoping that next week we'll be able to see Le'Veon Bell in Barkley because I'd really like to see I'd really like to see how those two play in a preseason set and especially we haven't seen Le'Veon Bell in forever guys I mean you can't expect the Jets um offensive coordinator just to say you know what you haven't played in forever let's just throw you out there in the first first week you know they're not going to do that so that's it for NFL next we're going to be going on over to the MLB Hey, yo, now it's time to talk about the MLB. Uh, for the MLB, we're just going to be going into the uh, schedules a little bit, and then we'll talk about the playoff races too. So to start off, we're just going to talk about the uh, Yankees. Um, the Yankees don't have that bad of a schedule, um, especially at where they're, all, they're at in the playoff standings. They are nine and a half games ahead of the Rays, and 16 games ahead of the Red Sox, which, guys, if you would have told me that, they the Yankees would have been 16 games ahead of the Red Sox this year, and Tampa Bay would have been as far ahead of the Red Sox as they are this year, I would not have believed you. I'm sorry. I would have told you that you were crazy. I would have told you to stop talking to me. I don't want to talk to a madman. You know, that it just blows my mind how bad the Red Sox have been this year. I just can't. I just can't wrap my head around it. It's not, it's just not normal. It's, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem normal. Um, anyways, though, they don't have that tough of a schedule coming up, especially where they at. Like I said, they play Oakland for two series. Um, the first series being a three game series and the second series being a also three game series. Um, they also play the Texas Rangers twice. The first series being one series, uh, three-game series, and the second series also being a three-game series. Um, they also play Tampa Bay twice, which to me is going to be easy peasy. Not Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. They play Tampa Bay once. They play the Blue Jays twice. That is my bad. Play Toronto Blue Jays twice, um, which in my opinion should be easy peasy. Those are... Six easy wins right there. Um, they played the Boston Red Sox for a four-game series um, one more time. They played Detroit for a three-game series one more time. They uh, play against the Angels for a one-game series. Not one game, three-game, one series, three games. And then they go against Tampa Bay for a little two-game series right there. So, I mean, all in all, guys, this really isn't going to be much more to talk about in um this season 
they're not they don't have it tough at all especially with the way that they've been playing it's gonna be an easy rest of the season for these guys i don't see anything too monumental they're gonna easily clench they've they haven't yet but they're easily just gonna clench that top spot there's no way tampa bay catches back up to them it's not gonna happen. Um, now with the Mets, the Mets are in a tough spot right now. The Mets are nine games behind Atlanta for first place, but they're only three and a half behind Washington. Um, but that's not that's not bad. They don't need that top spot. Um, all they really need is a wild card spot. And right now, for wild card, they are only one and a half games behind the Cubs. Um, so that's not... And they play the Cubs. Yeah. So they play the Cubs. They have one series against the Cubs. They have one three-game series against the Cubs. And only being you know one and a half game behind the Cubs, if they could somehow sweep the Cubs just like that, your New York Mets possibly have a wild card spot. Just like that. All they have to do is sweep the Cubs. Half, like a couple months ago, two, three months ago, nobody thought the Mets were going to even have a chance. And now they are one of the main, well, in the hunt teams for a wild card spot. I mean, how likely is it that they'll sweep the Cubs? Not that likely. I think at best they go 2-1. But even at going 2-1... They're still really so close. All right. Um, the player, the not player, the team that they're fighting for is Milwaukee, which Milwaukee has surprisingly really slowed down. I really thought that Milwaukee was going to easily be one of those wild card teams, but they have slowed down a lot, and they all they're also one point five games behind the cup behind the Cubs. So the um the for the rest of the season though the um. The Mets have two um, two series against Phillies. The first one being three games, and the second one also being three games. They play Atlanta twice. They have three two two series against Atlanta, and they have a series against. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the schedule right now. They have a series against the Indians coming up, which is going to be a tough. We all know that the Indians just killed the Yankees in that three-game series. That was a rough, a rough couple of days. So that's going to be rough. But then they go Atlanta, the Braves, the Cubs, the Phillies. They then hit up Washington, which, again, Washington is also that Washington's that second team. Although they are about three games behind Washington, it looks like. Three and a half games. Still, if they could somehow find a way to sweep Washington or even go 2-1, and one, that would put them one step closer. All right, and the thing about Philadelphia that I like that they're playing them twice is that Philadelphia is the team that's right below them, right? If they can knock out Philadelphia, the team after Philadelphia would be San Francisco. They're three games behind Philadelphia. The Mets and Milwaukee are all one point one and a half games behind the Cubs. If they could somehow knock off Philadelphia, like just knock them down this ladder, they'd have a clear shot 
at this, all right? All that's standing in their way is Milwaukee and the Cubs, okay? And although they do not play Milwaukee, they do play the Cubs, and if they can just win games, guys, that's all they need to do. I know I'm saying all they need to do is win games, and there's that's rough, but all they need to do is win a couple games against certain teams, really. Philadelphia, they can... They beat Philadelphia at least two and one in both of them. That knocks Philadelphia. That's that knocks them way down. They'll be out of their way. They want. They'll be out of their hair. If they can find a way to beat the Cubs, that gives them a good boost. If they can find a way to beat Washington, that gives them a good boost. Because not only does that increase their um wins, but it decreases Washington's. Right. So now. There's a chance that they could, you know, take that spot from, which I highly doubt that. The Cubs would obviously take that spot first. But anyways, then they also play the Diamondbacks, uh, the Dodgers. That's going to be a tough three-game series. The Rockies is going to be tough. Um, the Reds and the Marlins. The Marlins, they have a four-game series against Easy. I think that's seven easy games for them right there. Um, they can't get too cocky, though. They got to they gotta go out there and they got to hit the ball. They got to catch They got to play baseball or else it's not going to. So, long story short, the Mets have a chance. And honestly, I think they're going to they're going to punch their ticket. I think personally, I think they're going to use this opportunity that they have been given. They know that they have a chance at the playoffs. Everybody in New York knows that they have a chance at the playoffs. They are ready to go to the playoffs. They are ready to be known as a playoff team, other than just the Mets. Like, at the beginning of the season, guys, if I said Mets, you would have just gone Thor. That's all you would have said is Thor. Like, ooh, he pitches. Ooh. Now, they're an actual playoff team. They're an actual team. They could be one of the six best teams in the NL. That's crazy. Just insane. It just blows my mind every time I think about it. Alright guys, every single time I think about it, it just blows my mind. Alright, but enough with that. Um, We got the uh, Yankees. The Yankees just clinched their 27th consecutive winning season in a row. No matter what happens, they won this season. They have a winning record even if they lose out, which they won't. But even if they lose out, they have a winning record. 27th in a row. That is the second longest trailing, once again, only their own record for from 1926 to 1964. 39 years. 39 consecutive seasons. That's insane. Um, so far, this one started in 1993. It's going up to 2019. Hopefully they can keep that going. Do I think they'll get to 39? I don't know. I don't know if they'll make it to 39 or not i would love to see them make it to 40 i'd love to see them break in and make it to 40 that'd be amazing all right the yankees honestly i'm gonna be honest guys out of all my favorite teams which i bet you guys can tell i favor the bills a little bit i favor the yankees a little bit and then i like college syracuse and of course i like buffalo i favor buffalo as my hockey team but of all those teams the yankees are the only consistent team that have really been good and i'd like to keep I'd like them to stay that way. That would be amazing. So we'll see how they do. Um, but 27, that's a, that's a big number. 
27 consecutive seasons. It's a very good, very good organization going on there. And claps off to them. All right, guys. It's been a long show. It's been a long night. We're finally going to top this thing off. Finish it off talking about the NHL. Um, many of you guys know I did write my blog about this. The Buffalo Sabres, 50th year. They're calling it their golden season. And celebrate this. They're going to be having everything. They're going to be having family days, fun, all sorts of themes going on. They're going to be um, honoring different generations of the Sabres uh, at special game nights. So those are definitely going to be games that if you haven't gone to a Sabres game in a while and you're like, you know what, this year we should we should try to go to a Sabres game. Go to one of those games. They're going to be big. They're going to be fun. They're going to be awesome. They're going to be just so much history is going to be going on at these nights. It's going to be insane. But to go into this golden season, they have brand new jerseys they're going to be wearing. And they're kind of like the old ones. They just, everything that's yellow is now golden. And I think they look sick. All right, if you want to see them, you can go look them up, or you can go over to my blog. You can go check them out there. I did post them, post them up on the slideshow. But um, that's it for me tonight, guys. I hope you guys all have a great night. Make sure to tune in next week and the weeks coming up. The uh, MLB playoffs are getting pretty close here in a couple weeks, and the NFL is going to start just a couple weeks too. So there's going to be a lot to talk about. There's going to be a lot to talk about guys all right so next week we're going to be going into just probably some more mlb stuff seeing how our two teams are going uh week three of the preseason for the nfl uh if something comes up in the ml nba you know we're going to be talking about that but if not we'll just stay off of that same thing with nhl if something big happens we'll be talking about that too thank you all for listening have a good night guys Judge lifted in the air again, deep right center, going back.